morning. Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Our Father in Heaven wants you to know that He's thankful that you chose this morning to be here. You know why? Because you're His children. And He's always pleased when His children gather together to encourage one another. Do you realize that? That's the importance of being in church. That's the importance of showing up every Sunday. It's because we're here for one another. We need one another. Amen? Amen. I need your encouragement, and I know you need my encouragement. We all need each other's encouragement. Just know the Father's pleased that you chose to be here today, and you chose to be with his children. Hey, we're studying through the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, we're in chapter 45 today. We're kind of taking the chapter week and hitting the highlights. There's so much here, I could, I could probably preach a year out of just chapter 45 alone. Really great, amazing Amazing verses in here. So chapter 45. <clears throat> and the first couple of verses is talking about Cyrus. And we've already talked about Cyrus, how he was a, uh, a ruler that came into uh, being. He conquered the Babylonians. The Jewish people were in captivity to the Babylonians. And in uh, 538, 539, 538 B.C., he conquered the Babylonians. Is it not coming out? Check, 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 check. There it is. Okay. I heard somebody raising their hand saying they couldn't hear me. Okay, that's better. Now I can hear myself. All right. <laughs> now I get to listen to what y'all listen to. <laughs> oh, no, we're in trouble. All right. So Cyrus the Great was prophesied. And so this is a, about 160 years before this the scripture we're about to read. It's about 160 years before it actually took place. So God told Isaiah, write this prophecy down, and it's going to be fulfilled. Of course, Isaiah didn't know the day it was going to be fulfilled. So he wrote it down. He says, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus. Now, he's calling Cyrus his anointed. Who else does he call his anointed? Who else in the Bible is called God's anointed? Jesus, right? Remember, we're talking about layers here. Every time we read Isaiah, anytime you read a prophecy, you have to look for the layers. We talk about there's at least four layers when it talks about servants or anointed ones. There's, there's <clears throat> Cyrus is, a, is one of the layers. There's Jesus, one of the layers, right? Israel is a layer, and you and I are a layer. We can find ourselves in the Scripture here. Matter of fact, Jesus found himself in the Scripture, and when he went to the temple to talk as a 12-year-old, he said, I have found my verse in the Bible, and this is what I'm supposed to do. God has spoken to me about this verse. So you can find yourself in the Scripture if you just take time to look, right? This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen one, I summon you, Cyrus, by name, and bestow on you the title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. In other words, God's going to honor him even though he does not acknowledge him. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity, and I create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, when Cyrus attacked the Babylonians, 
they pretty much just laid their swords down. There really wasn't a major battle. There was some, there was some fighting that took place and people died. But the, the Babylonians just said, fine, we're done. We're done with fighting here. Take over. And so the prophecy, even the battle itself, the way he took it over, it's actually three major battles. I won't go into all that. But the way it came about, the people just got tired of fighting and just put down their swords uh, and said, we're walking away. It's kind of like the Gulf Wars. You remember that? The, the people that we fought against, we showed up with our tanks, and they saw the tanks. They just laid the guns down and put their hands up and said, you got, you got anything to eat? They were starving, right? Same thing happened to the Babylonians. And so Cyrus went right in and conquered it, and he set the, not only did he set the Jewish people free, there were other people who were captives of the Babylonians as well. He set everybody free. Isn't that what Jesus does? Doesn't he set everybody free that wants to be free? Doesn't matter where you are, man or woman, child, teenager. He wants to set us free. That's what the songs we sang this morning. He wants to set us free. He says, I will cut through bars of iron. I'll break down gates of bronze. And that's what God did. He did all that. Even though Cyrus was not a God worshiper. Cyrus was not a God fearer. He had idols that he worshipped. Little man made carved idols that he worshipped. But he was not a God fearer that is in Jehovah God. Right? And that's what God's saying. I'm going to use you even if you don't acknowledge me. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that beautiful? Even if you don't acknowledge God in your life, he can still use you. The worst pagan out there, the worst heathen out there, God says, well, I can use you. I'll, I'll make a way and, and eventually you'll acknowledge me. Now listen, if God will use a pagan or a heathen to set his people free, guess what he'll do with you and through you who are trusting in him for your salvation? Just think about what he'll do with his children. If he'll do this with a heathen, what will he do for his children? Right? Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> Verse 8. You heavens above, rain down righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness grow with it. I, the Lord, have created all this. I've created the rain. I've created the clouds. Woe to him who quarrels with his maker. You ever quarreled with your maker? <laughs> You ever argue with God? Woe to him who quarrels with his maker, to him who is but a pot shared among the pot shares on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what have you begotten? Or to his mother, what have you brought? What have you brought to birth? God is saying that uh, sometimes when we are upset that the remote doesn't have fresh batteries in it, We need to look in the mirror and check ourselves, right? When, we're at, when our tennis shoes aren't the most important, proper, you know, tennis shoes in the, in the high school, and I went through that era. We wore Converse back in the day. I think they still wore Converse back in the day, in this day, right? Chuck's. They made a comeback. Chuck made a comeback, right? And nobody knows who Chuck Taylor is, and that's who the Chuck's, the shoes are named after. Google that sometime. Did I see a hand? Somebody knows who Chuck Taylor was? I see that hand back there. Good job. We look in the mirror. We don't like the way our hair is. For those of us who still have hair. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry, Melinda. Sorry, Wayne. You're fading out. Sorry, George. George has got a little bit there. Mine's slowly fading away, too. When we look in the mirror, we don't like our hair. When we look in the mirror, we don't like our nose. 
when we start complaining to God about the way we're made. I love what Wayne said earlier. He said, we've all got gifts, and God can use all of us. We've all got different looks. God chose to make us that way for a reason. He's got a plan. And he says, why are you arguing with me about this? Just accept it. Just accept it. Just accept who you are. And let me work through you. Just accept who you are and let me work through you. Isn't that beautiful? You know, the world will put expectations on you and say, well, you've got to look this way and you've got to look like Barbie. Although Barbie's changing now. So I hear. Saw an ad the other day. It's, I won't go into all that. but They say if Barbie was built to real proportions that she would fall over. She <laughs> forward, not backwards. I have no idea why I got off on that, but somebody, somebody reel me back in. Back Jesus. Chat, verse 11, quick, quick. I know, right? Edit that out of the podcast. Thank you, Taylor. I'll tell you why that's in my brain. This week I was at, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm an amateur radio operator and I'm part of an amateur radio emergency services where if something bad happens in our county, I've got a radio, and some of us will get on the air and talk to one another and try to help, right? And so I try to take courses, and I was at TEMA, which is the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency in Nashville, taking a course this week on volunteer and donation management, two-day course on how you manage volunteers and donations. And the gentleman that was leading it was a part, he was, the, he was, he was over in charge of the operation in uh, East Tennessee, when the fires hit uh, Gatlinburg, how bad it was. He showed pictures of all the donations. It's amazing what people donate. And there was a giant pile of Barbies that people donated to the folks in Gatlinburg. <laughs> He's like, what, what are the Barbies for, right? So, anyway, interesting, interesting stuff. People donated used toothbrushes, half-rolled rolls of toothpaste, unwashed clothes by the mountains full. You know, there were so many clothes left over that they, they gave as much away as they could. There's so many clothes left over. They had to bail the clothes up. And they had like 60 or 80 bales of clothes that they couldn't give away. They tried. They called everybody to come get clothes, and nobody wanted clothes. What they need is gift cards or cash is what they're saying now is the best thing to give. Interesting. Interesting two days. Anyway, sorry about that. I digress. Verse 11. This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel is making concerning things to come. Do you question me about my children or give me orders about the works of my hand? It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. My own hand stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry host. And if I've done that, I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness and I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. God says, I'm not paying him to do this. He's going to do it because I command him to. I'm not paying him. You'll do it because I commanded to. Now, I love this verse 12. He made the earth. He created it. His own hand stretched it out. He marshaled the starry host. Now, I gave you some numbers last week, but some of you weren't here, so I'm going to give you these numbers again because it's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing what God has done. So the earth is spinning. If you're standing at the equator, the earth is spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Okay? The further north you get, you know, the slower it goes, south it gets slower it goes. But at the equator, we're going 1,000 miles an hour, right? So that can make you dizzy just thinking about it. 
the earth itself is rotating around the sun, rotating around the sun at 66,000 miles per hour. 66,000 miles. So you're going 1,000 miles an hour this way. Then we're going 66,000 miles an hour this way. And it takes 600 million miles to make one lap around the sun, 365 days. So in 365 days, you've traveled 600 million miles. Do, do you feel tired yet? <laughs> right? Right, you feel tired yet. So our solar system, our solar system is spinning inside of our galaxy at 43,000 miles per hour. Right? That's moving on. Our galaxy is spinning at 430,000 miles per hour. Our galaxy is moving through space at 1.3 million miles a day. Now, there's another galaxy called Andromeda, the Andromeda galaxy. You may remember the move of the Andromeda strain from years ago. Our galaxy has 100 billion stars in it. The Andromeda galaxy has more than that. They're estimated maybe a trillion stars in it. It's on a collision course with our galaxy. Don't worry, you're not going to be here. It's going to happen at 4.5 billion years from now. These two galaxies are going to collide. And do you know the vastness of space is so vast that when these two universes collide, only four objects within them are going to bump into each other. We've got 100 billion stars with planets and moons around each one of them. Andromeda's got a trillion stars with planets and moons around them. They're going to merge together and only about four things are going to bump into each other like pinballs. That galaxy is moving toward us at 680,000 miles an hour or 190, feet, 190 miles per second. That's pretty quick, isn't it? God says, I marshaled all of this. I put all this in place and I've got control of all of this. We're worried about our next meal. We're worried about whether God can save my soul and transform me and it's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. And we're worried about whether the remote has a fresh battery in it or not or whether our nose looks exactly right. When we stand back and think of the vastness of God, that's amazing that all that's taking, all that's taking place around us and yet we stand on earth Safe and sound. I hadn't seen anybody fly off the earth yet. Not on their own accord. <laughs> I've seen a couple people shot out of cannons and wondered about that. But other than that, I'm sorry, I digress again. God says, I marshal all this together. And if I can do all of this, I can certainly tell Cyrus to set my people free. You see the case he's building? And if I can do all this, Tommy, I can set you free. If I can do all this, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. We've got three Taylors. If I can do all this, I can set you free. I can change your life. I can help you if you'll let me. Isn't that powerful? What a God we serve. Hey, here's another question. Our earth is spinning 1,000 miles per hour, right? What would happen if our earth came to a sudden stop? So think about this. Think about this. The winds that surround the earth 
are spinning with us, the atmosphere is spinning with us, the atmosphere that's all around us, that feels calm to us, right? You come to a sudden stop, it's still, the atmosphere is still going 1,000 miles per hour. What does a 200-mile-per-hour tornado or hurricane look like? Complete destruction, Brenda. What would 1,000 miles per hour look like? Anything above ground will be gone, right? Yet God keeps it spinning just for us. At the perfect distance from the sun, if we were a couple of miles this way from the sun or a couple of miles that way from the sun, we wouldn't be here. We'd look like something from the from some movie we've seen, Star Trek or Star Wars, right? God says, I marshal all the starry host. And if I can do that, I will set my people free. That's beautiful. Do you believe that? <clears throat> this is what the Lord says. The products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and those tall Sabaeans, which is Ethiopians. Where have we heard of Ethiopians in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, chapter 8? Yeah, yeah, Philip came and witnessed to an Ethiopian <clears throat> who was the Secretary of Treasury for all of Ethiopia. And he was one to Christ, roadside evangelism, I call it, highway evangelism. He was one to Christ and went back to Ethiopia and told everybody about Jesus, right? If I can marshal the starry host, I can send Philip the evangelist out to a desert road to talk about a man who's coming by in his chariot and tell him about Jesus, and he will go to an entire country and tell them about Jesus. That's powerful. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, if you want to look it up sometime. They will trudge behind you, coming over to you in chains. They will bow down before you and plead with you, saying, Surely God is with you, and there is no other. There is no other God. <coughs> Truly you are a God who hides himself, a God and Savior of Israel. All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgrace. They will go off into disgrace together. But Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will never be put to shame or disgraced to ages everlasting. That's why we can say in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, no disgrace, no shame. But this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. God made this so that he could put people on it. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in the land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. No, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Gather together and come assemble yourselves, you fugitives from nations. <clears throat> Ignorant of those who carry about idols of wood, who pray to gods that cannot save. Declare what is to be, Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me. A righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. <clears throat> Turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's heart. He said, I do not take pleasure. I do not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is not excited when a wicked, heathen, pagan person dies. He's not excited. He wants all people to be saved. Turn to me and be saved, he says, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn 
My mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I just quoted Philippians there. You can look that up, Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. They will say of me in the Lord alone in righteousness and strength. All who have raised against him will come to him and be put to shame. But in the Lord... All the descendants of Israel will be found righteous and will exult. Will exult in the Lord. But the Lord, in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel. You and I as Christians are descendants of Israel. We're trusting in Jesus Christ. We're descendants there. Once again, that's a layer. You can find yourself right there. So my question for you this morning is, have you turned to the Lord and invited him to be your Lord and Savior? Do you know that you know that you know that if you were to die today, you would be with him in heaven. Do you know that? I was <clears throat> at the guy's store over there the other day, yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, trying to find one more thing for the project I was working on. And you know how they have people that walk up and try to sell you something while you're trying to buy something? Mm-hmm. Right? And so I, I told you what I do. When, when they walk up to me and want to sell me, and it's just a survey now. Oh, we just want to take a survey. Well, at the end of the survey, they're going to try to sell you something, depending on what you don't have on the survey. And this nice lady walked up. She was real nice, and I was real nice to her. She said, and she went through her 30-second elevator speech of what she was about. And when she paused, I said, well, can I ask you a question? She said, yes. I said, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and in him alone for your salvation? And that's what I do for all of them now. She said, well, yes, I am. I said, well, how do you know? She said, well, I'm saved. I said, well, when were you saved? She said, I was saved at 9 and baptized at 12. I said, where do you go to church? She told me the church she went to. I said, you've got a great pastor. That's awesome. And we chatted about Jesus. I said, but I still don't want to buy a hot water heater or, <laughs> or air conditioner. She said, okay, okay. And she walked off. <laughs> but I'll ask you the same question. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation? How do you know? You have faith and you believe it. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation? How do you know? You just know. It's awesome you've not made that decision, you'll come see me after we wrap up this morning. I'd like to talk to you about what it means to be saved. I really would. It'd be my pleasure. It'd be an honor to do so. And this week, if you know somebody that's not trusting in Jesus, show them how. Take the Bible down. Read it to them. Romans chapter 5 is a great one. John chapter 3 is a great one. Read in the Bible and let them see what God has to say about them and about their salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being this just absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, stunning in your starry host, this universe that we call our home. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you for making it for us. Thank you for making it to be inhabited. And thank you for choosing us to be the inhabitants. May we honor you this morning in our hearts, in our minds, in our soul, our strength. May we honor you this week in how we present Jesus to others and how we present ourselves as Christ's followers, how we present ourselves to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.